0: Hello everyone, Uh, I'm Olivier Bazin, I'm from the class of uh, 2003. Um, I also then went on to do um, MSc in epidemiology at the London School of Tropical Medicine the year after. Uh, My undergrad was in uh, human sciences at Oxford, Uh, I was at St. John's, and um, I'm going to talk a bit about what I've been doing the past four years here. I'm now based at John Radcliffe and I work uh, under the umbrella of the NHS. Uh, my role is uh, the title itself is data communications manager. I manage a database, which I'll mention a bit briefly. And a lot of what I do is promoting research, and I run a patient public involvement panel um, where we occasionally do focus groups and uh, in-depth interviews, so we can inform study development. And I've given quite a grandiose title uh, to this, but I mean I will be focusing on uh, what we've been doing in our team. Uh, in our specific local area but i'll you know talk a bit about uh, the wider picture as well so um like i said the wider project that i work in is you know it, it all comes under the nhs and i think everyone finds the expression real world a bit amusing uh, but I think it's safe to say that the NHS very much falls under the bracket of the real world. Um, you know, it really does affect all of us. Uh, it's in the news every week, almost every day. Uh, we yeah, pay taxes for it. We're all service users. Uh, it evokes strong emotion and fierce debate. And three years ago, it was uh, it celebrated its 60th birthday. It's been around for a few decades. Now, what is more recent is the uh, Department of Health's interest in and commitment to making the most of the massive uh, NHS potential as a host of more and better research and making better use of uh, the enormous amount of health data that uh, it stores. Um, So just a brief bit of history, there's a pretty key document in 2006 from the Department of Health uh, called Best Research for Best Health which Outlined the strategy for NHS research and development. And uh, as a byproduct, the National Institute for Health Research was, was launched, and its vision is to improve the health and wealth of the nation through research. That's the tagline. Um, I work in a network that's part of a, a wider network. Uh, We're all networks, but it's just one network. And it's called the NIHR Clinical Research Network. And this was developed for many reasons, uh, but partly as a response to concerns from the pharmaceutical industry questioning whether the UK was a a suitable place to carry out clinical trials in the longer term. Um, So there was partly a business model in there and attracting pharmaceutical investment back to the UK. Um, So what I do, I work in a specific network called Dendron, as you know, you know there's acronyms galore in medicine and um, medical research. Uh, it's a clever acronym. It stands for Dementias and Neurodegenerative Diseases Research Network, and but it means something. It's a synonym of dendrite, and you know you might remember those from school or undergrad. It's uh, that part of a nerve cell that transmits an impulse. Uh, in a way, it's quite symbolic because we're like a communication channel, and we're trying to bring together all stakeholders and promote promote research. Um, It's one of several disease specific networks. Um, There are other research networks in the country. uh, Stroke, diabetes, mental health, uh, medicines for children, cancer. We all have a role of running studies, recruiting participants and promoting research in our respective disease areas. Um, So there's a few things that we do. Trying to promote a thriving research culture within the NHS. Uh, increased levels of patient and professional participation in health research and uh, obviously try to get those um, big pharma companies back here to run their studies. Um, the specific disease areas that we uh, run research in are dementias, so Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia but there's over 100 different types, uh, Parkinson's disease, motor neuron disease, Huntington's disease and other, occasionally other neurodegenerative diseases. Uh, the one that we do for instance locally is ataxia. Um, That is a a neurological sign or symptom that uh, is characterized by a loss of balance. Um, So um, these networks were, um, you know, they were established following the success of the Cancer Research Network. That was the first one. Um, And there's a nice quote here from a chat from Cancer Research UK, uh, which kind of reflects what we're trying to do um, in that... You know we are trying to increase numbers of patients, but at the same time it tends to increase uh, quality of care. Um, so, what I'm going to be talking about um, is just a, f- a few elements, and you know where medical anthropology uh, helped. Uh, first, first one that's important in what we do is really integrating different people from different disciplines and working together. Um, and promoting that research that research culture and uh, increasing levels of engagement uh, and encouraging a shift in beliefs and attitudes among our key target audiences like clinicians, trusts, patients, carers. And also um, um, we've drawn on you know, the participant experience of research and that has been very helpful to actually promote it among patients and among clinicians. So the first one is uh, well, collaboration, and it's one of those things that, you, as you would know, that it's easy to say, um, but not always easy to do. Now, medical anthropology is, you know, has a special focus on integrating different uh, disciplines, and I, I do remember sitting in lectures, and even in human sciences before, thinking, yes, it totally makes sense, you know, I can never think of myself not working across boundaries, and, um, and everyone talks about it now. You know, everyone, you, you go to these fancy lectures and everyone talks about working together and collaborating, but actually, lots of people just don't do it. Uh, so that's a challenge. You know, I do enjoy working around it, uh, and, and I, I think I can thank you know, my, my previous studies for that, but uh, it's, it's certainly part of the real world and whatever the opposite of the real world is. Um, so, research, uh, I'm going to talk a bit about some of the target audiences that we work with. Uh, clinicians are obviously key. Um, I mean, just a bit of background, you probably know this, but as researchers, we can't just go and approach patients and carers and say, hey, we've got this great study, please, you know, would you like to take part? Uh, we have to make sure that they've given their permission first, and so we, you know, we do rely on clinicians. Um, but obviously, uh, even though a lot of people uh, will verbally uh, endorse research, say yes, I, you know, I love research, uh, bring it on. Um, the problem is that if you want them to do something and actually you know, engage them, you have to offer them something in return. So what's in it for me? And actually, I think a lot of what we do is, is sales and marketing and even though um, you know, a lot of our team members are nurses and they're used to taking care of patients, and uh, I think they're a bit in denial and you know, when I, I think it's part of my job to encourage them to think more in, in this way and actually think, you know, we need to try to influence people and, uh, at all levels and uh, so it's okay, you don't tell yourself you're a salesperson because, you know, that, that's fair enough but at the same time it's an important part of our work. Um, so in terms of services that we offer, I mean, some of our nurses uh, actually do assessments in memory clinics um, you know, we do that occasionally to, to help with staff shortages, and in return, you know, they have a present. They have a presence there, so they can uh, be on the back of the clinician and say, you know, please make sure you uh, mention research. And if the patient's happy to, you know, just for the researcher to go through their notes, then they can do it and then approach them. Um, uh, and then we also emphasise that you know there's a lot of demand, and I will touch touch on that a bit a bit later. Um, but, you know, possible access to new treatments and knowledge about their condition, some of the um, items that we, we list. Um, so this is an online database. So one of the, my the data aspect of my role is um, partly to run this database, uh, which is an online prescribing and research contact system for uh, dementia. And one of my jobs was to implement this Totally new system uh, into routine use um, in Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire uh, well, not, not fair to s- not unfair to say that a lot of NHS staff were a bit resistant to, to change, but um, we got there in the end um, essentially mainly because it saves time, saves consultant time, and they're, they're the you know the people we needed buy-in from. Um, But then we also encourage the clinicians to routinely ask the question about research, you know, whether their patients are happy to receive information about latest research news and study opportunities. And there is just one field in this database about whether they're happy to be contacted, uh, which is uh, on the prescribing page. So we're really kind of embedding it as part of a routine clinical practice and um, making it extremely present in their mind and at the same time because it's an online uh, resource uh, they're going to be viewing this every day or whenever they're prescribing so we put on a a bit of advertising about our current studies Uh, so it's one way of of integrating you know research into routine clinical uh, practice Uh, nhs trusts are uh, again you know important target audiences because they need to be on board they need to agree to be a site Um, Incentives? Well, you know, we work in pretty horrific conditions, um, like Parkinson, well, all these neurodegenerative diseases, and research does offer the main hope for people with those devastating conditions. Uh, so there is a moral incentive, but uh, as you probably guessed, that's not enough. Uh, so there, there are financial incentives, um, and especially with pharmaceutical companies, who will pay good money for um, for patients, and the referring NHS trust will receive an income for that. Um, and we you know we're trying to encourage um, research friendly uh, badges as a marker of quality for NHS trust as well. Um, but obviously this is trying to overcome that problem that research doesn't have sufficient you know immediate importance. Now the other question is why do people want to take part in research in the first place? Uh, you know this is I think one of the more uh, relevant contributions from medical anthropology. Um, And a lot of the content is taken from uh, the Health Talk online website uh, which is driven by the Health Experiences Research Group, um, which you're probably aware of. Uh, One of the the main reasons, and indeed I think traditionally much research suggests this is the primary reason, is just altruism, Um, you know, helping others, medical science. People have uh, a general wish to support science and improve knowledge. Um, they could help people feel uh, something positive is coming out of an otherwise pretty horrific condition and I think that's particularly relevant in neurodegenerative diseases. Um, at the same time, you know, other people could even mean you know, their own families. So there, you know, there might be slightly more um, uh, personal uh, reasons for them, but um, at the same time it's, it's all uh, essentially giving something back. Um, people mention um, you know, gratitude for care received, um, you know, repaying a debt, even some repaying a debt to the NHS as an institution, which I think it's quite interesting. And these are all views that are gathered across different conditions. Um, the, uh, the other side is personal benefit. And um, th- there is a study that I've taken all these lists from, um, uh, which is in press now. I've, I've got the reference there. Um, but interestingly, um, it does quote this: the personal benefit as the primary reason for people taking part in the research. So, very conveniently, I've you know blatantly cherry-picked that um, that reference because uh, obviously for us it means that there's a mutually beneficial agreement, which uh, which which is what we're looking for. And uh, some of the reasons they give is a new treatment or a drug that might help, um, information, get, you know, learning more about the condition. Uh, especially when you're dealing with a condition that only degenerates uh, where things only get worse information can sometimes be the only reassurance um, and getting uh, access to care or foster uh, access to care uh, is another one and again own interest or curiosity uh, which again is similar to the the information reason and we you know we use that kind of uh, these these reasons to, to reinforce the idea that there is a demand uh, for research, and uh, it's the, they're very useful selling points uh, for clinicians and for patients and carers. There was an interesting uh, poll uh, published just a couple of weeks ago of 990 people commissioned by the Association of Medical Charities, uh, carried out by Ipsos Mori, um, which showed there was a massive uh, public demand for research. Uh, 72%. Saying they were up for it if, if they suffered from a health condition, and um, 80% um, who uh, would consider allowing researcher uh, confidential access to their medical records. And again, this does highlight uh, a slight mismatch in perceptions between what the public is saying and what the clinician, what many clinicians are thinking, in that they uh, they don't necessarily think that their patients are taking part, want, want to take part. In terms of the future, um, well, no, we don't have planning permission or uh, any funds to build a clinical trials unit in space. But uh, on the funding issue, we um, the the signs are looking quite good. Um, I mean, you know, without wanting to get too political, uh, the, this, the the whole network was set up by Labour government, and they seem to focus a bit more on the health aspect of that tagline. And the new coalition government, you know, screams out. It's improving the wealth of the nation through research. That's something that's slightly more interesting. Um, I guess the ambition, ultimately, is, is for a, a national health and research service. Um, you know, It's going to take a long time. It's probably more an ambition than it is an objective. Uh, but clearly a culture change is required, and it does look like uh, it's, it's begun. There are more people taking part in research than there were five years ago across all networks. And there are more nhs trust trust running studies, and um, more trust running, and increased amount of studies as well. So it's looking all right. Thanks very much.